All right. You all full now? Now, don't fall asleep on me now. They gave you all these refreshments and coffee and snacks. Stay awake. Now, we're so glad that you're here again and again. And uh, I just, um, I'm grateful and honored to be able to just be with you this morning and just, man, just open up the Word of God. I, I love the Word of God. How many love the Word of God? I, I love to dive into the Bible and just see what God is speaking and what he's saying and how he's saying it and how it applies to, to my life and to this great church um, here in Desert Ridge. Um, we've been on the series, if you haven't been around or maybe you've been around, we've been on the series uh, over the past um, about a month and a half. We started in June called Roman Holiday. And um, we've been kind of going through the Book of Romans and uh, just talking through and kind of experiencing what God was speaking through uh, Paul, who wrote Romans. Um, he was writing Romans at the time to prepare for his visit to Rome. And so um, we're going to continue to track on that today. I'm going to be diving into Romans chapter 8, kind of set the stage a little bit. We're going to pull out a few verses that I think um, really just God wants to just show us, encourage us um, today. And I hope it's an encouragement to you um, as it is to me. And uh, so the background a, a little bit is... Um, Paul's writing this book to the church uh, in Rome. He hasn't been there yet. He's on his way. Um, there's obviously some confusion and some conflict. Um, one of the reasons why he's writing this letter is to prepare for his trip. Um, but there's also some, a little bit of uh, uh, chaos within the church. There's some differences between the Jews and the Gentiles. There's this misunderstanding with Paul's teaching. You know how rumors get started, right? So there's a little bit of a problem. So Paul's like, listen, before I show up, let me just maybe kind of set, set some stage here in, in motion. It's, it's one of uh, Paul's longest uh, New Testament uh, letters, um, considered probably, probably one of his most theological, most influential. Um, it deals with uh, the whole premise of Romans. If you re read through Romans, I'd encourage you to do that sometime. Um, it really talks about the revelation, the revealing of the righteousness of God. And uh, so we've been kind of going through that conversation. Uh, you heard a couple weeks ago, um, our awesome pastor, Pastor Jared uh, Doe, spoke on this idea of peace. Uh, went into Romans chapter 5 and uh, began to speak through and talk about this understanding of how we obtain uh, peace with God um, through the power of the Spirit and through hope in Him. And then we heard from Tom last week, and Tom spent some time really just encouraging us that, you know, hey, listen, we go through tough times. Um, it's not um, when, it's, it's not if, it's when, right? So we, we go through suffering, we go through tribulation, and the encouragement is for us to persevere, right? So we need to persevere because God's with us, God's in us, God's helping us. And so today I want to dive into, we're going to jump over 6 and 7 um, into chapter 8, and we're going to talk about this power that God gives us, enables us, indwells within us, that I think sometimes we might just take for granted. You know, we call ourselves Christians, and, and again, if you're, if you're here and you're like, listen, I, I'm, not, I'm not there yet, um, or, you know, I'm thinking through this whole idea of God and faith and church and, you know, this Holy Spirit thing, what is this? Um, this message is as much for you as it is for me and those of us that maybe have been um, in this relationship with God, because at the end of the day, God has come through Jesus Christ to bring power, to bring salvation. And so I just want to encourage you as we're talking through this, wherever you are, that God is speaking to you and God wants to invite you into the power presence of his spirit today. Uh, 
Romans 8, 37 and 39 is kind of be our, going to be our context, the last three verses of Romans chapter 8. But before I get there, this idea of Romans chapter 8 um, talks about being more than a conqueror. How many love to accomplish things and feel like victorious, feel like you've just, you, you've, you've got to a place where maybe you've worked hard at maybe that job or maybe it's an athletic ability or maybe it's an academic endeavor you've pursued and at the end of the day, you've, you've done it. You, you've got there. Um, I know physically for me, I've, I've got a twin brother, and so um, it's almost like competing against myself sometimes, and it's hard to beat him because he's a lot like me. Um, and uh, so when you have a twin, it's like we're very competitive. Um, we got into this, into this uh, my family and I got into this television show called American Ninja Warrior. How many have ever seen American Ninja Warrior? Let me show you a quick clip of America Ninja Warrior. American Ninja Warrior is more than just beating the odds. This is a man who went further than anyone last season. My success each year, it gets a little better, and I don't think there's any reason why I can't make it to the top of Midoriyama. I got into shape so that I'm able to take care of my wife. She doesn't know if she's going to be around next year. She wants to see me accomplish my dream. If I'm the oldest guy to get up that wall, I hope there's someone 60 sitting at home saying, I can do that too. Look at this! Some say it's unlike any other competition on television. She has redefined the image of the female competitor. An inspiration. All right, how many are going to watch that tomorrow? If you're not already watching it. We got so hooked on that show, it's crazy, because we, 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 I have a very competitive family, and we love to just uh, take challenge face on and go after it. And I don't care what it is. You ask me, I'm, I've jumped out of planes. I've done all kinds of crazy skiing things and all kinds of fun stuff like that, because I just love the challenge. And, but that's physical. I mean, seriously, that's physical. There's an element there you can only go so far. Your body knows so much. Uh, but in, this, in this, uh, this television show, what I love about it is it's not just this physical idea that, hey, listen, there's a strong man or a strong woman. There's, a, there's these challenges and obstacles. But there's some really compelling stories um, that are encouraging these people with a passion, with a desire, with uh, a drive uh, to win, to be victorious. Romans 8, Paul is talking to the church in this letter to, to, to them, to begin to speak to them through all of the things that they're going through, the things he's even experienced. Remember, Paul himself, uh, he was not so much a nice guy back in the day, remember? So Paul has had some really God-sized, powerful, spirit-filled encounters. So I think he's pretty credible to be able to speak along these lines of the power of the Holy Spirit working in the life of the believer. You know, I don't, I don't want to step on any toes, um, but I was reading this article just a, probably a few days ago, and uh, it's an article about these energy drinks. And I'm not going to point any fingers to anybody who drinks energy drinks. Um, I'm glad to see my mom and dad here visiting with us today, and, and I was at their house the other day, and I, and I saw, did I see a Red Bull or a Monster drink in the fridge from you? She's a tennis player, so maybe that's, that's her, her up. But uh, glad you're here with us. But um, if you are an energy drinker, um, there's this article that kind of came out and it says more than 20,000 people went to the ER 
um, with anxiety, rapid heart, heart, uh, heartbeats, seizures, heart attacks after downing energy drinks. Twice, that's twice the number of uh, four years previous. More than half of the patients have negative reactions to drinks alone, including all of these drinks. I don't want to advertise for them now, but you know who they are. But the point of the matter is, is that we as humans in our physical being, we, we want energy to be conquerors, right? We want energy to achieve. We want energy to get to that place where nobody else maybe has charted. Maybe they have, and you want to up the ante. Spiritually speaking, Romans is, Romans is pointing out to us, Paul through the book of Romans is pointing out to us, is that beyond physical power, God has given us this spiritual power that, that as a believer, keyword believer, believing that you have this power, you have the, the enablement to now exercise that power to be more than victorious, to be more than a conqueror. And I want to uh, spend some time kind of going into Romans 8, 37 and 39. But before I get there, it's, it's important to see the previous verses in Romans 8. Um, there's so much um, that can be said for what Paul is talking to that leads up to these last three verses. And I want to draw your attention just to a few things. <clears throat> but what I want to say to you also is that the previous verses in Romans Romans 5, Romans 6, Romans 7, that really sets the tone for what Paul is talking about in Romans 8. It's kind of this climax, like, here's the deal. You're either going to walk in the spirit of this natural flesh, or you're going to walk in the spirit of the living God, and there's a massive difference. And that massive difference is a game changer. That's what's going to determine whether or not you're going to be not just a conqueror, you can win, but with the indwelling power of the Spirit of God in your life, you're actually, what the Bible says, you're more than a conqueror. You're more than a conqueror. You're over and above what victory looks like because the power of God is working in your life. The question I have for you today, as I do for myself, is am I allowing the power of God to actually work in my life? Am I actually believing that the power of God is in my life so I can actually be more than American Ninja Warrior? I can be an American ninja Christian. I don't know, right? Be somebody God has called me to be that I could not do on my own. That's where the power of God comes from. We see in chapter 5 that it kind of outlines this, this justified life in Christ without condemnation. Chapter 6 kind of brings out this idea of the freedom of the believer. Chapter 7 kind of talks about, this is, the, this is the, Paul really wrestles with this, the flesh. How many wrestle with that? I mean, we all do, right? I know what I should be doing, but I'm not doing it. I know what I want to do, but I can't do it. I mean, is that like any one of us? Paul says, I know what that's like. I've been there. I get it. I understand it. And I want to tell you, church, I want to tell you, Roman church, I want to tell you, DCC church, that there's a power working in you that will help you overcome anything, anything that life throws you away, the world throws you away. And it's surrounded with this unsurpassing, unlimited love of God. Four ideas, four thoughts, getting to Romans 8, 37 and 39. That's going to be our kind of our climax, kind of like this is the, that's going to be the charge. But I want you to see in Romans chapter 8, 1 and 4, in order to get to this idea of being more than conquerors, 
I love what Paul does. Kind of what Tom was talking about was commas and question marks right in the beginning. Well, Paul just continues on the journey. Therefore, well, the reason why therefore is there is because all those previous chapters, he's leading up to this massive conversation to the church. He says, therefore, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of the Spirit of death. For what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. If you live by the spirit, it's a game changer. It changes everything. I, 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 uh, I love the verse that we hear all the time, John 3, 16, right? You see the guys with the signs and the whole deal, and you're like, hey, listen, you're talking to somebody, and all of a sudden, John 3, 16 pops up. It's like this power verse, everyone, right? Awesome. One of the greatest verses in the Bible. How many know what John 3, 17 says? I think, this is just me, but I think in this day and age, in the culture that we live in, the society that we live in, John 3.16, awesome, love it. John 3.17, I think that's the one we should be raising the banner to in this culture, in this day and age. John 3.17 says there is, uh, I have not come to condemn the world, Jesus speaking, I have not come to condemn the world, but that the world through me and him shall be saved. I didn't come to condemn the world. I came to save the world. How many times do we go through and you talk to somebody who's in and out of church, been through church, or nuns, duns, call them whatever you want to call them, and they're like, I don't know, the church is just judging me, it's condemning me, it's just all over me, I just, I got all kinds of stuff. There's no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. Jesus himself, hanging out with Nicodemus, who kind of snuck in at night and said, hey, what is this deal here? Pharisee, what's going on here? Nicodemus asked the question, Jesus said, wait, wait a second. Yeah. Love the world, die. I didn't come to condemn the world. I came to save the world. That's what we should be saying. So in order for us to get to this all-encompassing, victorious, more than a conqueror, you have to know that there's, there's no condemnation. God is not condemning you. God is not judging you if you are a believer in Christ, if you follow the power of the Spirit working in your life. There's, there's no condemnation. There's no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. The second thing I want you to see as we're leading into uh, 37 and 39 is in Romans 8, 12 to 14. And it says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it is not to the flesh to live according to it. For, it is, for if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. For those who are led by the Spirit are children of God. Leading up to this more than conquerors, there's no condemnation, and you have a relationship with the Almighty God. So much so that God calls you his sons and his daughters. God calls you co-heirs with Christ. You're co-heirs with Christ. You're part of the family. It says, therefore, the obligation of the Spirit, this obligation, this privilege, this right, this responsibility. If you've got the power of the Spirit of God living in your life, because it's, man, you have this obligation, you have this responsibility to live it out. Why? Because God wants the very best for you. He wants the very best for you. 
Another point leading up to Romans 8, 37 and 39, I want you to see what Paul is drawing out. He goes on again with this in the same way in Romans 8, 26. It says, in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with wordless groans. I don't know about you, but when things are down in my life and I don't know how to come to God and I've got those moments, I mean, we've all been there. I know, I'll, I'll just speak for myself. There's moments I don't even want to pray. I'll be honest with you. I'm like, oh, I don't know where to begin. This is, this is a nightmare. To know that you have the power of God, the Spirit of God, going on, bef- on, beh- on behalf to the Father to intercede for you is amazing. It's amazing. No condemnation, relationship with God, You have the Holy Spirit interceding for you, going to bat for you, helping you through for your good, right? And his purpose and his glory. All things work together for the good of them who love God and call according for his purpose, Romans 8, right? So now we've got three really critical key components. No condemnation in Christ. I've got this relationship. I've got this opportunity where I just know... The power of God is is interceding. Going to the Father for me when I can't do it myself. One more thing. Romans 8.31. I want you to see this. What What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? If God is for you, who in the world would be crazy enough to try to undermine, destroy, defeat, condemn, ridicule, anything in your life. Well, we we know who that is. We know what that is, don't we? But those verses go on to say that because of Jesus Christ, because of the power of the Spirit, because of the cross, salvation is here. We win. Victory. Game over. We've got no condemnation. We've got this relationship with God. We've got the Holy Spirit interceding on our behalf. We've got Jesus coming in the fullness of his glory to the cross, not to just to die, but to be risen. We have that same spirit alive and living in us. Are we using it? What are we doing with this? Are we just telling people, hey, I'm a Christian. Hey, why don't you come to church, hang out with us? You'll have a really great time. You've got great coffee. You've got a really cool band. It's great. That's not why we're here. We're here to experience the power and presence of God in our lives. And Paul is saying through this text, hey, listen, I, I, I know, I understand what you're going through. I myself have gone through it. I know the ins and outs. I'm not perfect. Who is? But I know he is. He's perfect. He's perfect. And the reason why I bring those four pieces of information, those four thoughts to you this morning, is because I want you to understand, and I know for me I've wrestled with this, that when you're down, when you're feeling condemned, when you're feeling alone, like you have no relationship with anybody, friends or family, when you don't feel that anybody's got your back, when you don't feel anybody saying, hey, listen, keep doing it, keep going, I've got you, you're going to be victorious, when you don't have that, and when you don't have hope, and knowing who Jesus is in your life, it is extremely hard. I know for me, I'll speak for myself, it's extremely hard for me to try to say, You can make it. You're going to be more than a conqueror. You're going to be victorious. It's extremely hard to do that. Pick any one of those four. Pick them all. Maybe you're in a situation today where you're like you're feeling condemned. 
Someone's judging you. Someone's ridiculing you. It's not God. What's holding you back? It's not God. Maybe you're feeling that you're at a point where, you know, everybody's abandoned you, whether it be family, close friends, you name it. People will let you down. It's just the way it works. That's life. Deal with it. That's why God is here. That's why the power and presence of the Holy Spirit is with us as believers. People will let you down. Happens all the time. Maybe you've let somebody down. And you feel that weight. Maybe there's a point in your life where you're just like, listen, I just wish someone could be just praying for me. I love having praying parents. You have a praying mom or dad, it's a bonus. You have a praying grandmother, it's a double bonus. It's a double bonus. Pinching both cheeks and praying you through the kingdom. It's just awesome. I've got a friend of mine um, who's on a very similar track that my family and I have been on uh, for the past probably four or five years, coming out of marketplace, um, you know, big industry, kind of going through, starting my own business, and, and uh, kind of taking that aside and just diving into, into God in a more real um, marketplace ministry way. That's what I love about this vision that God's placed here. But I've got this friend of mine, and um, he's my, one of my accountability guys, and, and if I can encourage you on anything today, Find somebody you can be accountable to. Find somebody who says, hey, hey, Dave, Sue, Bob, Joe, whoever, Ben, I've got somebody that's praying for me. Every Thursday, I talk to my, my friend. We pray together. We talk through some things. We're transparent as transparent could be. It's awesome. It's important. But better than that, having the power of the Holy Spirit, interceding, Awesome. Maybe you're at a point in your life where you're just like, I have no hope. I don't know what to do. God says, wait a second. I've already done it. I've already done it. Maybe you know what to do. I've already done it. His name is Jesus. And his power is real. His power is alive. Are you using it? Are you believing it? Are you exercising that today? Romans 8.37. In the Amplified, and here we are. So those four components, you've got to have those together. You've got to be able to understand that. You know, I'm going to be more than a conqueror. I've got to have the Spirit of God taking over my life. This flesh, mm, forget it. I want the Spirit of God moving in my life. I love this translation in the Amplified. It says, yet amid all these things, we are more than conquerors and gain surpassing victory through him who loved us. For I'm persuaded beyond doubt or I'm sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, or principalities, nor things imp impending, threatening, things to come, powers, height, depth, anything else in all creation can separate us from the love of God, which is in who? Christ Jesus, our Lord. Man, if you're a believer in Christ, this is where we need to be. If you're at a point where I want that, this is where you need to be. If you want to be an overcomer, not just a conqueror, if you want to be an overcomer, an overwhelming conqueror, this idea of more than conquerors, it, it, it's, it's a Greek term. It's kind of a one-phrase term, and it means to gain surpassing victory, to be overwhelmingly conqueror. We are more than a conqueror. You're more than a conqueror. If... You have the Spirit of God working and moving in your life, and you are allowing and believing that, hey, I want that same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. Can you believe it? It's actually active and alive in my life. Man, what am I doing with that? Am I, am I exercising that opportunity to experience the fullness of God through the power 
of his spirit. I want to give you three truths that I think are so important to this power and presence of God. And I love what Paul says. All these things, I'm convinced. Romans 8, 37 and 39 says, no. Can anything separate us from the love of God? No, nothing can separate us. There's this idea in Paul's life, because he's been there, done that, that Paul's saying, hey, listen, I am so sure, without a doubt, I am so confident that there's nothing anywhere that can separate me from the love of God as I continue to live a victorious life. There's nothing. And he says the same thing to us today. God says to us today, hey, listen, I have done it for you. I have paid the price through my son, Jesus Christ. I have conquered death, hell, the tomb. I've conquered it all for you because I love you. There's nothing that's going to disconnect me from, from you. Nothing. A lot of times we think that, though, don't we? Not good enough, not smart enough, not tall enough, not equipped enough. We're, 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 not, we're not perfect, but we're his. We're his. You're his. And God says, I've got something special for you. I've got something that I want to share with you. I've got something that I just want to use you to live a victorious life. The first thing he says that life through the power of the Spirit, it brings confidence. It brings confidence in overwhelming victory. Paul had this confidence. We need to have that same confidence. That there's overwhelming victory. That no matter what the enemy tries to throw at me, no matter what tomorrow brings, you're going to go into tomorrow. You might have an opportunity to, to share your faith. You might have an opportunity to, uh, to, to, to meet some new people, to engage in conversation. You might be in an opportunity of adversity. Trial. You might be in that right now. But God says, listen, through the Spirit of God, the power of God living in your life, you have this confidence in overwhelming victory. You have this confidence in overwhelming victory. The second thing he says and shows us in these last three verses is that you have this confidence in God's unending love. Don't you love it how he ties in this idea of conquering Paul starts in Romans 1. He says, there's no condemnation. I love how he goes from, hey, listen, there's no condemnation, but now you're more than a conqueror. That was really cool. Hey, listen, there's no condemnation, but now you can do more with me, through me, than you would ever possibly think of. And because of that, my love, my love will never, ever leave you. Never, ever leave you. This unending love. Nothing, height, depth, and I love it. He goes on and on and on. He says, or anything else, right? Or anything else in all creation can separate us from the love of God. I don't know what you're facing now. I don't know what you're facing tomorrow, but God does. God knows what I'm facing tomorrow. God knows what I'm facing now. You could be going through challenges right now. God loves you. Someone needs to hear that. God loves you. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. And it never ends. It never, ever ends. The last thing I want you to see and I want to encourage you with is that life through the power of the Spirit, it brings confidence, brings confidence for today, what you're facing, and for tomorrow. Every single day moving forward, you have to decide, do I believe this? 
Do I believe this or I'm just calling myself Christian? Do you know 80% of our country, they say they're Christian. Christian. I said, could you imagine if 80%, even half of them, I don't know, said, I'm a Christian and I am allowing the power of God, this indwelling presence, I'm doing the best I can to just live a victorious life. Could you imagine what a game changer that would be in this world, in this country? Christianity, I think, is such a loose term. I like the term Christ follower. That's just me. There's so many Christians around here. I don't know know actually who's actually a Christ follower, and I'm not not pointing fingers at anybody. I'm not doing any of that stuff. I'm just simply saying, for me, I got tired of telling people I'm a Christian. I, I, I just I follow Christ the best way I can. I live my life the best way I can. I allow the power of God the best way I can to, to move and shake in my life in ways that I, I can shape myself to be the man of God calls home to be and my family and those that I lead and those that I encounter. I want to close with a verse that hopefully you'll take with you. This Romans 8, 37, 39, powerful three verses that close up what Paul is speaking about, this idea of, man, the power, life through the power of the Spirit is amazing, and it's for you, it's for me, it's for those that love God and believe in Jesus, and wherever you are, God loves you, he believes in you. So much so, his power is available to you. But I love this verse in 1 John 4, 4, and I find myself a lot of times just doing it and repeating it. And it's this verse that says, you dear children are from God and have overcome them. This idea of adversity was going on. 4B talks about this. Because the one who is in you is greater than he that is in the world. I think that's it right there. I think I would just drop the mic and that would be the, that'd be the end of it for me. I'd be like, greater is he that is in me than he that is in this world? That's everything Paul was just saying. That's everything Paul was addressing the church. That's everything God is telling us today. You mean to tell me that that same power is available to us today? Absolutely. Absolutely. You have an obligation. You have an opportunity. You have a responsibility before God to say, hey, I just want his name to be great in my life. I just want his power to just manifest itself in my life, that I can go and do things that I would never normally be able to do. Physical, American Ninja work, whatever it is, above and beyond that. I love the vision God's placed on this church because it gets us to a place where it's like we can't do it. We don't want to do it on our own. We need God. We want God. We invite God, the presence of God. This is all about God. It's not about us. When you think you can do it, that means you're not doing enough. That means you're not allowing the power of spirit to work in your life. Greater is he that is in me. Say it with me. Greater is he, Greater is he that, is in me that is in me than he that is in the world. Okay, now say it like you really have victory. Greater is he, Greater is he that, is in me that is in me than he that is in the world. All right, now stand with me. Say it one more time. Because if you have it, We can go to ball games and all these different things. We can shout and cheer and high-five and do the wave and the whole thing. That means nothing compared to the overwhelming presence of Jesus Christ and the power of his presence in his life. Greater is he he that is in me me than he that is in the world. world. Now, I want you to live that out. I want you to live that out. I want to encourage you 
as God encourages us in his word, that you are more than a conqueror. You can be more than a conqueror. Whatever life has for you tomorrow, God is ready to do business. God is ready, willing, and able to overcome anything that you face. I want you to sit for a moment. I want to introduce some time of worship as Luis comes up and uh, plays a little music. We take time in our service and we spend time remembering Jesus, the cross, the pain, the suffering that he poured out for you and for me. Why? So, so we can be more than a conqueror. So we can be victorious. Jesus was victorious and he won and he wants us to win too. And there's a time that we take that we just remember that. We celebrate that. And if you're a believer in Christ and you, you've experienced that and you're going through that, we want to invite you during this time of worship. We've got communion emblems over here to my right, your left. And, and, and in your time, you're welcome to move over and grab those emblems. The cup represents the blood of Christ that was shed for you, for me. And this bread is his broken body. Paid for you, for me. It's an amazing gift. Use it. Take some time and reflect on God's love that never ends. Reflect on his goodness. I want us to leave here victorious. God wants you to leave here more than victorious. So let's take some time and remember and reflect and rejoice.